Welcome to Sound at the Source, a podcast about audio production with a focus on live sound. I'm Greg White. I'm a local sound technician in Madison, Wisconsin, and the owner of Madison Pro Audio. And I'm Tim Young. I also work as an audio tech in the Madison area, but for a local rental production company, supporting venues, corporate events, and outdoor festivals. Today, we are covering a topic suggested by Cody on the Sound at the Source Facebook group. Cody is the lead singer and guitar player in the five-piece string band called Soggy Prairie. You heard them here as our intro music for this episode, and you'll hear them again at the end. You can find their music on iTunes and all their major music platforms. We have a link to their website in the show notes. Cody asked us to cover condenser mm-hmm. microphones and specifically ones offered by Ear Trumpet Labs, which have been growing in popularity in recent years. But before we get into that, let's start by checking in on our ponytails. And as always, the longer your ponytail, the grumpier of a sound person you are. Basically, what audio topics or ideas are you excited or jaded about? Greg, ha you get us started this time. What I, I never I always get it started. I'm always the starter. Yeah. Aren't I? Yeah. I mean, you could edit the script <laughs> so that I'm first. <laughs> <laughs> no, pass. 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 Okay. All right. How's my ponytail? It's fine, man. Uh I don't have much of a ponytail today. I feel very positive. Uh I'm just trying to live in the moment. Did you know something? Did you know that SQ mixers do not have a show library. What? They o- yes, they only can they only live with one show on them at a time. And you cannot save multiple shows. You can have multiple shows saved to a thumb drive. But if you do not have said thumb drive, you cannot change back to another show. Hmm. Um, but you can have scenes. You can have scenes, but only one show can be loaded on the desk at a time. Interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like a Yamaha M7 in that sense. I guess, yeah. I, yeah. I don't have much reps on the M7. but um, So yeah, I opened up my SQ today, and uh, I was going to like do some prep for a show that I have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a rental. It went out on a rental last week, and the, um, and the show that is loaded on there is not my show. My show is now gone. Dang. So I am... Uh, you know, my ponytail's fine. Despite all that, I am feeling positive. Just started making a new scene and, you know, moving on. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of a fun challenge, though. New year, new scene, new start. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just made that scene recently. So, you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, stay positive. You got this. Thanks. Uh, but other than that, man, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling good about going into the summer, trying to take more time off when I need it and say no more and say yes when I want to say yes and, you know. Yeah. Be responsible for myself, you know. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. How's your ponytail doing? Yeah. It's pretty good, dude. Uh, pretty short. I'd say the most recent thing that I that I had that was really fun was um, I got to do a design for a show choir concert in a gymnasium, and there were some pretty fun challenges of trying to get the PA – so the top boxes were hitting the judges riser platform without too much of the coverage hitting the back wall and creating kind of a slapback effect mm-hmm. in a gym. So that was a pretty fun challenge for the far throw. And then also the short in the near field of the PA had to be uh, the engineer was looking for a pretty specific 
uh, point where the PA started covering so that the downstage would have as little bleed from the main PA as possible because they use condenser microphones across the front of the stage to pick up the singers. So kind of similar to like a musical. And so that was a really fun challenge. And it was like kind of in the moment, uh, not a whole lot of time to do it. And what we, what I was able to come up with and verify with, with the client ended up being pretty good. Um, and it was kind of fun to do a system design uh, and then get to listen to it, but not mix on it. Because in the past, the, the couple of designs I've done, I've been the, en- the house or festival engineer for it. So it was kind of cool to just hand the reins off completely to somebody else and then wait for their <clears throat> their feedback. Um, whereas like some of the other system engineering stuff I've done, uh, it's been my boss or someone else has done the system design and I'm teching the system more so than doing a full design. So it was kind of fun to, to get into that world a little bit and work with some in a pretty challenging live lively environment and try and tackle some of those hurdles. And yeah, it was good. We also had uh, a pretty cool show in one of our larger venues in last night that I got to be a system engineer for again. They put on an amazing show uh, and the mix sounded great. It sounded loud and full, but when you check the meters, it wasn't actually a super loud show. The engineer mixed really, really well and knew how to push the system, when to push the system and when to pull back. And it was, it was a really, really dynamic show. It sounded great. So I've, I've been kind of riding that wave of a pretty good show from last night. So today's been pretty great. Uh, awesome. Who was there? Yeah, dude. Uh, Russell Dickerson. Ru- Russell was, Dickerson. Yeah. Russell Dickerson was the artist and Chris Leonard, not the, uh, signal to noise, Chris Leonard. The other Chris Leonard was the, uh, was the engineer phenomenal job and it was cool to pick his brain a little bit about digico and m32 and what was he mixing on last night he was on a digico yeah he was on an sd12 so he and i was able to be like oh geek out because that's my favorite desk um mm, yeah yeah but let's uh let's dive into the topic this is kind of like more of a beginner one but i think it's i think it's great uh that we're kind of We'll do kind of like a broad spectrum and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff with um, like what your Trumpet Labs has to offer and some other condensers. So uh, first question, like what is what is a condenser microphone? Are you asking me? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm throwing that your way. And you can know. also tack in like the difference between like what are different kinds of condensers. I don't know, man. What is a condenser microphone? Um, so like a condenser microphone is a microphone that requires an electrical charge across the, the diaphragm or the material that, that is excited by our acoustic audio source. Um, and that electric charge as it gets moved by that diaphragm is what creates our positive and negative voltage. Um, so it requires phantom power, some kind of power supply to charge the diaphragm, um, as opposed to a dynamic microphone. And within that, there's in general two kind of there's there's two categories of condenser microphones: small diaphragm condensers, uh, which are pencil condensers, large diaphragm or large diaphragm condensers. And what that's talking about is again that diaphragm 
the actual surface of itself for pencils is much smaller, whereas a large diaphragm, it's it's much bigger. And then there are some, there is some in between, some give and take, especially with boutique microphones, where the microphone itself is kind of in that in between category. Um, but we don't necessarily have to get into those. That I, I, is there anything else you want to add to that, Greg? Just that, uh, according to uh, a quick internet search here, it says that mm-hmm. usually the diaphragms are a little bit thinner. And uh, they have higher sensitivity. So, you know, think about a, a condenser microphone, you know, being used in a critical listening situation or a critical miking situation, like an acoustic guitar or something that has a lot of <clears throat> sound and tonality, something you want to capture and get more of the picture. You may choose to use a condenser microphone because it's going to capture more of the sound of what you're, uh, what you're miking. And it's totally subjective, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can I can tell you that in an SM eighty one, which is a small diaphragm condenser microphone, um, mm-hmm. sounds better on acoustic guitar than an SM fifty seven. It just does. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's the only thing I would say is that they're just more sensitive and they have um, thinner diaphragms. And Greg, have you experienced a difference between? Uh, small diaphragms like the SM81 and a large diaphragm. Uh, say if we're, let's do like a KSM32 for a larger diaphragm if we're sticking within the Sure family. I mean, the difference is, well, obviously form factor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a large diaphragm condenser gives me more of the frequency spectrum. But that's not to say that a small diaphragm can't do that. Those two microphones in particular... I feel like a 32 is going to sound a little better on an acoustic guitar than an 81. So again, I mean, we're talking about like these things are very subjective, right? Um, There are tools that I use that I go for every time. Like I know an SM81 is going to sound really great on a hi-hat, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or sometimes we will, I'll take an SM81 and a 32 and mic a guitar in the hole and on the 12th fret, you know? Totally. With the uh, small diaphragm being on the 12th fret, <clears throat> something like that. Um, but these are things that you can play around with or that I would play around with. And uh, I, I do uh, a bluegrass festival in Madison every year, and we use a lot of 81s on stage. Um, sometimes we have, you know, four or five up there capturing acoustic guitars, banjos, mandolins, things like that. So Sometimes it's like about what we know and we know that we know how they're going to sound. We know how they're going to respond to having live monitors on stage uh, because we're used to that microphone. And sometimes that's why we make the choice to use them in a live situation anyway. Yeah. Um, the studio situation is different. Um, you might just choose that microphone based on strictly tone because you're not really dealing with a live monitor as where I might choose an 81 over a 32 because I know it's going to give me a little more gain before feedback. Yeah. Um, and, and they're both cardioid. Um, you know, I think does the 32, I can't, I don't have mine in front of me. Does it have polar patterns on it? No, 32 is uh-huh. straight cardioid. I think it's okay. <clears throat> once you get to the 41, you get the, you get the, uh, pickup switch. And I don't know. I mean, we could look at a diagram, but I don't know if those two microphones, like they're both cardioid. So it's that, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, well maybe they just have the same pattern, but I, I, I want to, I'm, my brain tells me that a small diaphragm condenser has a slightly more narrow pattern, even though it's not technically a super cardioid mic. Yeah. Um, there's going to be give and take within that yeah. cardioid. That, um, there's a spectrum, right? Shape. So, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yep. So I guess that's what I would say about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure other people have other opinions and that's just what I would say about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we can post a pic- uh, picture of pickup patterns for different microphones so that people can visually see what we're talking about. Um, a cardioid microphone is ideal uh, for live audio applications for stuff that Greg and I are doing because it rejects audio signal from the back end of the microphone. So basically where a monitor would be placed on stage and then getting into anything else is going to be various levels of picking up more signal from the sides or from the back of the microphone. Um, Common ones being uh, super cardioid, like what Greg mentioned, Um, there's going to be bi-directional and omnidirectional. And they all all of those pickup patterns are equally valid, and they get but they get used for different applications. And it might be fun to just I'll probably do that in the Facebook group. Post some post some links and articles to different uses. But for live uh, live audio, we typically stick with cardioid or um, super cardioid for our microphones, just because we are dealing with a live environment with monitors and main PA and all that kind of stuff. So we're trying to. Um, limit as much bleed from unwanted sources into the microphone as possible. Piggybacking what Greg said earlier, that's something we have to be especially careful or cognizant of when we're choosing condenser microphones to go on a stage because you get that increased sensitivity and detail, but that also increases your risk of feedback because it's more sensitive. Greg, what are some of your tried and true uh, condenser mic mics that you use you talked about the sm81 um for your like your hi-hat and stuff what are some of the other mics that you use and how do you use them in live applications i don't use a lot of condenser mics in a live application i use mostly dynamic mics Mm -hmm. i mix a lot of rock and roll and things like that and uh i i use it on hi-hat like i've said sometimes i'll use a condenser microphone in conjunction with a 57 or a beta 57 on the snare drum. And that's Mm. not a snare bottom situation. That's two microphones uh, lined up exactly the same um, with the heads completely even on the snare top. And uh, the condenser microphone acts like a bottom snare mic and gives you a little more of that snare sound. Um, But Mm -hmm. you can kind of do some cool things with that. I was doing that with Angels and Outlaws back in the day. and we had some good results with that. Nice. Um, why Why would you put the caps right next to each other? Well, I mean, it wasn't a thing that I was like totally geeking out on, but I would, mm-hmm. you know, the the drummer in that band was like, oh, I read about this and I want to try it. But the way the reason that I did that, because <clears throat> I wanted them to stay and I wanted the, tran- the, uh, the transient to arrive at the same time. I didn't want the timing yeah. to be different on the same, on the snare drum. So, you know, that's why we kept them in the same area they're basically right next to each other and Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't we could we avoided having to do any time alignment that that way and i'm I'm sure that's the answer you were looking for so yeah but yeah it did it did work really well and uh you know i would encourage you to try it i i do like a a large diaphragm condenser on an electric guitar cab Um, i think it sounds really nice and uh i've done that quite a bit but again like live sound run and gun we're not always taking out really fancy condenser mics when we're out running gunning shows, you know, like you work for, you know, you guys are like a bigger outfit and I know you guys like to use 32s as overheads. So, um, you know, maybe you have 
that at your disposal a little more than we do, but I don't really often um, travel with a bunch of different options. I have SM81s and I have SE8s. I have four uh, SE electronic SE8s, and I've been using those a lot right now for overheads. Yeah, you love those. The, those mandolins, violins, they just sound great on everything. And I don't think, sure. I know that some of our listen, listeners and some of the other people in the community would attest to that, like the SE Electronics makes great microphones. So um, if you haven't tried the SE8, that's a, an awesome small diaphragm condenser mic, and it's it's built really well too. So it's yeah, kind of a bonus. It has a really small form factor too, which like is even better than the SM81. So if you got to get it, into a tight spot like they're really great for that right yeah yep yeah i guess greg your comment with the the so where i work it's our default is to use a ksm 32 which is a large diaphragm condenser for Mm -hmm. our overheads and it's also made that's made by sure um and the only reason for that is historically that's what gets requested the most for on on riders because we are right. a rider based production company so mm-hmm. and as soon as if that were to change to we see more of something else getting asked for we would change our mic kit to accommodate that but historically we see uh we see the 32 as the most common overhead requested mic so that's why we use it this past summer one of my coworkers and I messed around with um, alternates to that in order to try and get away from the, the 32 is a really uh, is a, has a pretty wide pickup pattern. So we messed around with a set of pencil condensers made by Biodynamic that I had a lot of success with. I, it got a, t- a little bit tighter of a sound and kind of got away from some of the stage bleed that I was having trouble with, with the, with the 32s. But I also, I personally own the KSM 137, a pair of those, and I love those because they're small form factor, they sound great, and that's kind of my personal go-to go for overheads and hi-hat and kind of like what you were saying about the SE mic, it's, that's kind of my, my mic of choice for that. But also what you said, Greg, is being run and gun, a lot of rock and roll, we, we also typically don't do a whole lot with condensers as well part of that is due to the fact that a lot of the shows that we do the stage volume is so loud that if we put a bunch of condensers up on stage there would be just too much information coming through uh coming through the pa things bleeding into each other so we really try and pick and choose what what condensers we put up on stage and oftentimes my my drum overheads are not even on because the vocalists, you know, there's four or five vocalists across the front of the stage and those microphones are hot. And those usually end up picking up a lot of the drum, the drum set, a lot of the cymbals. So I try and use the overheads whenever I can, but I'm not going to force myself to try and use overheads when there isn't space for them in the mix. Um, I do, I do like doing the dynamic and condenser on guitar cabs if there's time but a lot of time they're they're just uh it's a throw and go so there isn't time to do more than just put a 57 on it and or a 609 and call it a day again that's because of drum kits and vocalists being close to drum kits is another reason why i kind of shy away from uh condenser microphones for vocals um yes i do like that added clarity but if there's a drum kit involved that just adds puts more symbols into your mix it becomes another a moving overhead 
very quickly, especially on the sizes of stages that I mix on. So for that stuff, it's like I try and stay away from that for like more of an electronic group or something that's more tracks based, not as much live stuff happening on stage. A condenser could be what you need to bring more breath into the mix and make that vocal sound uh, more more studio based to match like the backing tracks. Yeah, Yeah. I guess... Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would say that we see a lot of that. If you're talking about condenser mics uh, on vocals, um, we see a lot of that at Stoughton Opera House and at Sugar Maple Festival. And uh, there's a lot of Neumanns. I think the the 105. Yeah. I can't remember the part number. KSM 105 right now or something. Yeah, it's 105. I can't remember if it's. I always get the KMS or KSM or whatever it's KMS. Yeah, but it's 105 for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, K- that's a great, great sounding microphone. It's the uh, KMS 105. You see a lot of those come through the Opera House, and we see a mm-hmm. lot of ear trumpet mics. And uh, moving on to polar patterns, we'll go ahead and start talking about ear trumpets. Um, they have a super wide pattern. And uh, yeah, dude. Those would be used at, at Sugar Maple or on stage uh, without, like, hopefully without a drum set. Um, <laughs> I've never because, had one with a drum kit yet. It's basically 180 degrees of coverage. Um, and so basically the idea with those is that you put the whole bluegrass band in front of that microphone and they kind of mix themselves. So they like, you know, when they, the lead singers turn to, you know, sing lead, he, he is singing lead. And then, you know, if there's like a violin solo, then the violin player like leans into it. Yeah. It's so the, we, everyone we, stands in a half circle around the microphone, right. kind of a old, Oh brother, where art thou? Kind of a deal. Yeah, they have, um, yeah, they're yeah. super sensitive and they they sound really nice and they um, have a really wide pattern. I but don't. They like, don't feed back. It's crazy. They're uh, well, they do feed back, but you can will. get them yeah. pretty hot. I was blown away by that the first time I ever used one. I uh, I was a very skeptical sound person. And I had a string band come up and they were like, yeah, we got this microphone and you're going to put it up on stage and we're all just going to go into that. And I was like, you're crazy. I have a line array. (laughs) (laughs) And like, like, this is, this is not going to work. And then I like brought it up and sure enough, like it was great. Like I had to notch a couple things out and, and then, and away we went and I could not believe the sound that came out of that microphone. It was nuts. Yeah, They're nice. I don't particularly, I mean, they're, they're okay. Whatever. Yep. Um, well, they're, they're definitely flavored. It's definitely, it's definitely a flavor. Um, but yeah, yeah that's the I sound they're going. Cool. That's the sound they're going for. My mm-hmm. issue with them is that if the band doesn't know how to play with them, oh, then that exactly. re- that reflects badly on us, right? Yes. Because we yes. can't, we can't, we only have one source, so we can't like we <laughs> we can't turn it up. Like if the violin player is not playing into the microphone, like we can't turn them up. Because we have nothing right. on them to turn them up with. It, yeah, it basically so. ties our hands behind our back because all we can do is turn the one, we can turn the entire band up or down. <laughs> that's it. Yep. Yeah, so it's um, basically just like having a main fader. Um, yeah. So that's my issue with it. Uh, yeah. Especially in a, in a large situation where you have a large crowd, um, big speaker system. Yeah. And uh, when something goes wrong with the sound, it's our fault. So yep. anyway. Yeah, lately I've, had been i've had uh artists come through that do if they have an ear trumpet a lot of them are also doing di's out of their instruments so i still at least get direct signal for like the acoustic guitar and the upright bass and that kind of stuff so i at least have some direct material to blend in with the ear trumpet 
but everyone sometimes I I don't get that luxury too. So, <laughs> hey Greg, what are some um what are some other applications that you have for condenser microphones? Uh, other applications, uh, area mics, room mics, uh, stereo recording at Opera House. The broadcast in in broadcast we have four. Well, we have we have them available in broadcast, but there's uh two crowd mics pointing out to the crowd, but also some mics in the crowd to capture, you know, like the room sound or the reverb, if you will. So we can actually use that in our mixes. We can bring that into the mix and, uh, you know, add a little of the room sound back in there if we want. Condenser mics are great for this because again, they're sensitive and they pick up a lot Mm -hmm. of the sound and, uh, they just sound, uh, a little more natural if it were a dynamic mic it would sound a little bit dull because it's so far away dynamic dynamic mics are really good for close micing situations with you know high spl when you're when you're really close to them and uh that's when they shine and the condenser mic gives you a little more leeway there we actually use shotgun condenser mics which are a little more focused at opera house we have four of those in the crowd or two in the crowd and, and two pointing out to the crowd and Bear played around this, this a lot when we were getting this set up, but like, you know, he had to like kind of move them around based on where he wanted them because like at first they were like right in front of like a loud clapper. You know, <laughs> like they were too close to a loud clapper. So you got to definitely play around with the placement, but um, stereo recording. So you can do like an XY or a space pair. Um, if you're at a concert and you just kind of want to capture the overall mix of a PA, you can do that or you can do that for like an ensemble. If you go see your kid, like a high school band performance or something, you could bring like a little audio recorder and get a couple of nice condenser microphones and do a stereo recording and have a nice recording from that. Um, That would be another use. Um, And I think, you know, like Foley artists use them, like they'll go out and record sounds, uh, sound design people, like they'll take recorders out and they'll use them to like record nature sounds or, you know, people are making a movie, they'll, uh, be recreating sound effects in a studio setting for movie sounds like drinking coffee, making toast, whatever this, the movie calls for. There's a lot of that post-production that nobody really knows about or thinks about. Like if you're not in the audio world, that's not something you think about. Um, but there is a lot of sound design and, and fully work uh, in movies and TV media. So I guess uh, I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but that, uh, yeah, that was great. I think the only, couple things I'd add is um, with those mics that are on stage pointed out at the crowd, that's really handy to use uh, if an artist is on ears, if they're using in-ear monitors, right? um, to feed those back at a comfortable volume back into their their in-ears to create more of a natural experience for their ears so that they're they're hearing what the crowd reacts to them instead of kind of like if you've just got the earbuds in and you're just getting the direct mics, it may seem isolating. So the crowd mics and the ambience makes it feel a little bit more live um, in a controlled way. So that's that's one good application. One of my favorite gigs that I get to do it, uh, the last couple of years um, is mixing a orchestra outside and condenser microphones weigh pretty heavily into that setup. We use the the um, the DPA forty ninety nine is a little condenser microphone and that thing is a tank it is amazing they make these little clips for them and so that they can clip onto the violins um the cellos the basses 
so that I can get a close mic approach um, to the to getting the string section, and I get that top end clarity, that brilliance that I need out of the string section that I wouldn't be able to get with a dynamic microphone choice. Uh, for all of you that are mixing orchestras and being like, "Oh my goodness, you're using close close mic clip-ons for the orchestra." What? Um, the reason we have to do that is it's outside. And it's not enclosed. And quite often, I've, we've measured up to 30 mile an hour winds happening <laughs> across the stage. And if I had a bunch of area microphones on stage for a, for a full orchestra, 30 mile an hour winds means my PA is basically useless. I just created a big wind machine. Um, so getting closed mics close to as close to the instruments as possible is the only way I'm able to successfully uh, make that orchestra sound happen. Um, but we use condenser microphones for all the string instruments. That that DPA microphone is incredible for that. And then I also use condenser microphones for the uh, percussion sections. And that's but that one is more of a an area mic approach for them. And then let's see what other condensers am I using? Oh, that uh, speaking like because we geeked out about the Ear Trumpet Labs mics. Um, that that DPA the forty ninety nine is also amazing for um, if you're ever needing to mic a a grand piano or even an upright piano. You can they make a little magnet attachment for it so that you can magnet it to pretty much anywhere in the soundboard um, inside the piano and away it goes and it it just sounds so natural and so amazing it's an incredible tool and i'm really 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 grateful that we we have those in our arsenal so that we can throw those around they sound great on a banjo too like it's nuts like you can use it on pretty much anything as far as like other applications for condenser microphones we haven't really talked about studio uh, that's because greg and i don't really do a whole lot of studio work when that kind of opens up a whole nother can that I'm sure other people could talk for days about differences in different condenser microphones for different tonalities and uh, different, you know, mid side address, all kinds of different applications um, and for miking rooms and all that kind of stuff. But that's not really where Greg and I focus our energy. Um, if someone's interested in that, we could probably find a couple articles to post your way uh, or to send your way for that. For show. One thing I did want to bring up, though, is uh, there are a lot of people out there that are doing podcasts with uh, because of the times that we're in. Um, and something that's been asked to me a couple times is like, yo, what microphone should I get? Should I get a dynamic mic? Should I get a condenser mic? What does all this mean? I guess the answer to that question is Greg and I are both using dynamic microphones. <laughs> we're using the SM7B. Um, I'm not sure if you're using it today, Greg, are you? I think you are. Yeah, it sounds like yep. you are. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I use that because I'm in my bedroom. Like I don't, I don't have a treated voice room. You, you know, I'm not using a, I'm, I'm not in a studio that has, that's treated for recording. And so the dynamic microphone gives me better rejection and gives me a clear, clearer vocal take. Condensers are great for picking up all that detail, but if you're recording in your echoey dining room, your voice is going to sound like you're in an echoey dining room with a condenser because it's going to be really honest. If you're doing a, if you choose a condenser microphone, that's great, but then make sure you're surrounded in like, uh, even just like your coat closet or in your bedroom, build a little fort out of pillows and blankets. 
and go about it that way to just deaden the sound so that you're in a more treated room. I think that you can you can get there with a condenser mic, um, but it's a lot harder. I think you're you're right. Uh, the dynamic mic, like we said, is better for close miking. And if you are in a room that is re- very reflective, getting very close to the mic is going to help it sound a lot better. Um, I would say that if you are going to use a condenser mic for podcast recording, the options available for podcasters at that price point are not great. They tend to sound pretty harsh in the high frequencies. And an SM7B is around $300 and a cheap condenser microphone is around $300. An SM7B is not going to be a great option if you don't have other parts, um, like you definitely need some type of booster for your SM7 or a really good preamp. Um, Otherwise, it's not going to get loud enough for you. So I think there are good options, but I think if you go with like some something like the Shure MV7, which is a USB microphone, that could be good. But there are there there are good options in in the budget range. It's just like the the the, the what you get out of an SM7 with a, a proper microphone booster is so much better, in my opinion, than a cheap condenser microphone. So yeah. just keep that in mind. And uh, y- yeah, I mean you can get into trouble with condenser microphones really fast because they pick up uh, more of the sound and they have more ref- reflections. Anyway, that's all I would have to, that's all I have to add to that. So, yeah, I think that pretty much covered what I wanted to hit up on condensers, dude. All right, cool. Um, I think we covered pretty much everything that we wanted to with condensers. So thank you so much, Cody, for suggesting uh, we cover this topic and shout out to ear trumpet labs for your microphones we'll include a link to your website in the in the episode notes and probably share some stuff on the facebook group they've got a whole lineup of different kinds of microphones um for different applications including a really cool one that clips onto upright bases highly recommend you check them out if you can so again thanks cody thanks soggy prairie for the music for today's episode um and hopefully we'll get another episode out to all you listeners soon sweet thank you Goodbye.